What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. It was a dark and stormy night in the little town of Alton. World War II had just ended and a little rain wasn't enough to dampen the mood of the people in town. The cab driver was making his way along the wet streets just a few blocks from downtown. He'd been doing the job for a while and he knew the streets, even the shortcuts that took him from one confusing one-way street to another or down a brick alleyway from one neighborhood to the next. He just turned off 7th Street and he spotted someone through his rain-smeared windshield. It was a young woman, soaked from the storm. She was wearing a white dress, and her wet brown hair was plastered against her head. She was on the sidewalk, standing near the side gate to the Alton City Cemetery. When she lifted a hand at him, the cabbie pulled over and asked her if she needed a ride. She flashed a grateful smile and then hurried to his cab. She climbed into the back seat of the taxi and apologized for getting the seat all wet. Well, the driver laughed it off and he handed her a small towel that he had sitting next to him in the passenger seat. She took it gratefully and dried off her face and hair as best she could. Where did she need to go, the man asked, and she offered her address. It wasn't far away, but the weather was too lousy to walk. She didn't say much as they drove and in a few minutes they reached the address she'd given him. The cabbie turned into the driveway and parked. He turned to tell her they'd arrived, but to his shock, she was gone. The back seat of the car was empty. He hadn't heard the door open or heard her get out, which she must have done pretty quickly. Well, it was irritating. The fare wasn't much, but she'd skipped out on it, and he'd be responsible for it with the boss. Well, not knowing what else to do, he went up to the door of the house and knocked. If she wasn't here, maybe they'd know where she was or would at least pay for her ride. An older man answered the door, and he explained what had happened. The man nodded his head. He already knew what had happened. The young woman the cabbie had picked up on the road was his wife, or at least she had been. The thing was, she died in an auto accident 10 years before. Well, the horrified cab driver refused to believe it, even after the man showed him a photograph of his wife. It was the same woman who'd been in his car. The man told him where he could find his wife's grave at the cemetery, the same cemetery where the cabbie had picked her up. The man paid the cab fare and slowly closed the door. The driver was stunned, but he was still convinced that whoever the woman had been, well, she hadn't been a ghost. Regardless, he drove to the cemetery the next morning and followed the directions the old man had given him. And he found the grave. And folded neatly over the top of the gravestone was the towel she'd borrowed from him the night before. The driver had not been the first, but he may have been the last, to pick up the ghost who hitched rides from that part of Alton. After his encounter, which he talked about for years, it was nearly impossible for any woman, living or dead, 
to catch a ride while standing near the side gate of the Alton City Cemetery. Welcome to a special alternative podcast from American Hauntings, which is dedicated to bringing you the history, hauntings, legends, and lore and the dark side of our hometown, Alton, Illinois. We've returned home to Alton for a special limited season of shows that takes us back to the very beginning of the podcast. We've got updates and lots of new stories to go along with season one of American Hauntings, which delved into our local history and lore. But now we've got updates, history, and additional stories from Alton's past based on the new edition of my book, Haunted Alton. And we wanted to bring some of those new stories to our listeners. So we hope you enjoy episode nine from one of the most haunted small towns in America, Alton, Illinois. Every town has a story like the one you just heard. Some places like Alton have more than one. Most people dismiss stories like that as nothing more than folklore, a tale to be told around the campfire. But I can't help but wonder how some of these stories got started in the first place. I mean, is any part of a story like that one true? What if something like that really happened somewhere and then the story was told and retold so many times that the real events got lost in the confusion? I don't know. I find it best to never completely disregard a story that seems too good to be true. Sure, it's probably just a legend, but what if some part of it isn't? And maybe there's a little bit of truth in that story that sends a chill down your spine on a dark and stormy night. And speaking of dark and stormy nights, legends, and vanishing hitchhikers, there's no way we can do an episode on haunted graveyards without talking about one of the most infamous burial grounds in Alton and the road that was used to get there. They called it Hop Hollow Road and it had been built through the woods from North Alton to the Mississippi River by farmers who were angry about the state of Illinois, forcing them to pay to bring their goods to market using a toll road. The new road ended at a ferry landing where goods and produce could be loaded onto riverboats. After the opening of the Alton Penitentiary, inmates who died while incarcerated there were transported to a burial ground in North Alton via Hopalo Road. The steep and often rutted roadway passed through woods and hollows to make a climb to a goat pasture that had been turned into a burial ground. It still exists today, designated as a historic site because of the Confederate prisoners who were buried there during the Civil War. But they were not the first to be placed in that ground. Years before, guards from the prison would transport bodies up the road, dig a shallow grave, and bury the dead in a numbered plot. An undertaker recorded what information existed about the man and he became the next line in the ledger book until another prisoner died and the process was repeated over again. Or at least that's what was supposed to happen. Rumors spread through the taverns, billiard halls, and barber shops of Alton that the burials of the dead prisoners didn't always go according to plan. According to the stories, lazy guards often loaded the bodies as they were supposed to, but didn't make the trip all the way up Hop Hollow Road to the burial ground. Not wanting to exert all that effort, they simply stopped along the road and dragged the bodies off into the woods. After that, they drank whiskey and played cards until enough time had passed that it appeared they'd done their duty and they returned to the penitentiary. Well, like many other stories, it was told and retold for years, leaving me to wonder how it got started. Where after some research, I realized the rumor started for a good reason. It was true. In December 1852, the county coroner was called to Hop Hollow Road to investigate the remains of a man who'd been found in the woods. 
Nothing but bones were left of him, but the authorities did find a cap and some cotton pants, which matched the uniforms worn by inmates at the penitentiary. Well, it happened again in 1863. The body of a man was found hidden in the woods. His clothing was decayed, but he was still wearing a leather belt and yarn socks. His shoes were nowhere to be found, and if he'd come from the penitentiary during the war, it's likely another prisoner stole them from his corpse. Shoes of any kind were in great demand at the penitentiary during that time. And then another identical gruesome discovery occurred, this time in 1993. According to an Alton police officer I interviewed, he answered a call about human remains in the woods near what was once Hapala Road. The police officer expected the worst when he arrived at the spot, but found a collection of old bones that, according to his account, were found to have been left in the woods sometime before the Civil War. Well, he didn't know it, but this was at least the third time such a discovery had been made along the road. It seems likely that all three bodies, and there are probably a lot more, were prisoners whose corpses had been dumped in the woods and never properly buried. Well, that means the rumors were true. And since that's the case, maybe the more recent version of the Hapala Road story is also true. Today, only a small part of that road still exists. There's just a faint trail left down by the river. It passes through state property and ends at Holland Street. That's the part of the trail that most people never get to see. On the other side of Holland Avenue, though, is Rozier Street, which follows the original road to the former cemetery. It's this section of road where the later version of the story takes place. It goes on to say that the ghosts of men whose bodies were not properly buried now haunt what's left of Hapalo Road. And they don't just take a stroll down the roadway. It's said that their spirits have been seen trying to flag down passing vehicles to catch a ride to the cemetery where they were supposed to have been buried. The unlucky drivers who picked them up were always shocked when the hitchhikers vanished from the back seat when they arrived at the cemetery gates. And at that point, so the story goes, they realized they picked up a ghost. So there you go, Alton's other vanishing hitchhiker story. And if you're skeptical about it, you have every right to be. I know that I was when I first heard it, but then something happened that made me start to wonder if the story might have some truth to it after all. One October night in 1991, I was hosting an Alton Hauntings ghost tour with my friend Sonny Irvin, who owned a trolley company in town at the time. We developed a history tour that traveled to haunted spots all over Alton, including Hapalo Road. On this particular night, we had just turned onto Rozier Street, so I have to set the scene. I mean, this is a dark road. And it was even darker back then, and this was, and I'm not kidding, a dark and stormy night. I just started to tell the story of the prisoners whose bodies had been dumped in the woods when two young women in the back of the trolley began to scream. They screamed so loud it frightened everyone on board that night. I was even a little unnerved myself. Sonny was driving the trolley pull over to the side of the road so we could calm everyone down. When things quieted a little, I hurried back to the seats where the two women were and asked them what was wrong. I wasn't expecting anything otherworldly to have occurred, despite the volume of their screams, but they told me that just moments after the trolley had turned onto the road, they looked out the window and saw a man step out of the trees. He started waving his arm as if trying to get our attention. And then he vanished. Now, I wasn't sure what to make of the story at first. I assumed they were joking, repeating a story that had been told in Alton for years. They were visibly upset, though. 
And after a few more questions, I learned they had come to Alton from Kansas City and decided to take the tour. They'd never been to Alton before and never heard the story of Hopalo Road. They couldn't have made up a story that matched the details so closely if they'd wanted to. They certainly saw something along Hopalo Road that night. Was it the ghost of a former prisoner trying to catch a ride? I have no idea, but I'll leave you with this. If you decide to visit Alton and take a drive along Hopalo Road some night and see someone near the edge of the woods waving his arm and looking for a ride, don't pick him up. You know, just in case. Now let's leave the edge of town behind and go back to one of the older parts of Alton, a neighborhood called Hunterstown. This used to be a town all its own, back in the days when present-day Alton was a collection of little settlements that followed along the river and climbed onto the bluffs above it. In the Hunterstown section of the city is the Alton City Cemetery, which is believed to be the third oldest still-functioning cemetery in Illinois. However, how and when the graveyard actually started, a little confusing. Major Charles Hunter had developed Hunterstown, and some histories say, started a cemetery that was used for Alton's African-American residents here in 1845. Eventually, it was turned to the Alton City Cemetery. Or maybe not. Some records say that Rufus Easton, the founder of Alton, set this land aside as a cemetery when laying out the town in 1818. But then an old cemetery register states that a burial took place at the site a few years before that. The official Alton City Cemetery records begin in 1835, so there's another date for you. You see what I mean? It's kind of a mess. But no matter how and when it started, it's a beautifully spooky place and a well-maintained historic burial ground in an old section of Alton. It's filled with thousands of burial stones, large shade trees, and rolling hills that are surrounded by high limestone walls and iron fences. The occupants of the cemetery are really a who's who of Alton's history and a walk through the confines of the boneyard is like taking a trip back in time. The dominating marker belongs to Elijah P. Lovejoy, the abolitionist minister who was murdered in Alton in 1837. Both his gravesite and the massive monument in his honor can be found in this cemetery. There are many other names that played important roles in the creation of the city, like Illinois Glass Company founder William Elliott Smith, Alton Boxboard Company founder and library donor John Hayner, Architect Lucas Feifenberger, Sparks Milling Company founder David Sparks, Henry McPike, and many others. There are also intriguing sections of the cemetery, like the empty crypts that can be found along the backside of the graveyard. One can only guess that they fell out of use over the years, but are a macabre find for the intrepid explorer who wanders back into the woods at the edge of the property. Another section, now forgotten, was called the Stranger's Ground where it's believed that non-residents were buried in the early days. Many soldiers from Illinois, Kansas, Missouri, and Iowa were buried in the cemetery during the Civil War and in the years before it. All were exhumed and moved to the National Cemetery on the east side of the burial ground in 1938. Many of those graves include Union guards who died at the Alton Penitentiary during the smallpox epidemic that swept through the prison during the war. Well, this is a section that has its own ghost story. I first heard it from a man who claimed to experience it firsthand. It would turn out he wasn't the only person to have that same experience. He was a Civil War reenactor and went to the cemetery one day to take part in a ceremony to honor the war veterans buried there. There were a lot of people in uniforms, but one man he saw stood out. The man was standing alone, but appeared very interested in what was happening. 
My witness didn't recognize him, which seemed strange since he knew everyone else there, but assumed he was probably a reenactor from out of town who wanted to see the ceremony. Well, the witness didn't think anything else about it until he noticed the man started walking away toward the south side of the burial ground. Well, there was nothing over in that direction, except for a steep hill and some trees. Well, curious, the witness watched the man travel a short distance, and then he was gone. Shocked, the witness walked over to look for the man. He checked behind trees and looked behind tombstones, but the man in the Union officer's uniform, he just wasn't there anymore. There was nowhere he could have gone, and yet somehow, he'd vanished. Over the years, the sightings of this man have continued, usually at random times when no one in a uniform is in the cemetery. No one knows who this man might be, but it seems possible he's the spirit of a man who was buried there, perhaps checking to make sure that the graves of he and his comrades in arms are secure. As mentioned in our last episode, the cemetery is also home to a couple of other resident phantoms like the Lady in Black, who is said to haunt the old Grandview Public Mausoleum. Her apparition wearing a long black dress in the style of a 19th century widow's gown has been spotted walking the corridors of the building for decades. The other ghostly tale is a little stranger and much sadder. According to eyewitnesses, the ghost of a little girl has also been seen in the cemetery in a family plot that's located between the public mausoleum and the Lovejoy Monument. The plot belongs to the Hainer and Haskell families, two of the most prominent names in Alton history. There are witnesses who have seen this phantom girl. There are three different sets of witnesses that I've spoken with personally, and there may be more. I don't know. But I can tell you that none of these sets of people knew the others I spoke with. They all saw the ghost, but I should add that none of these witnesses were adults. Only the children saw her. All the children stated that they played with the little girl or spoke with her in the cemetery. In each case, the parents never saw the girl, even though the children said they saw her during daylight hours and insisted that the girl looked completely solid and not like a ghost at all. The identity of the girl is officially a mystery, but it's very possible the answer may lie with a very small tombstone in the Haskell family plot. It has a single name on it, Lucy. According to the dates on it, she died when she was only nine. Well, if you didn't grow up in Alton, then the name Lucy Haskell will be unknown to you. For residents, though, they've known it since childhood. Lucy was no mysterious character. She was a real-life girl who died many years ago and left something special behind. Located on Henry Street in Alton is a place called Haskell Park. At the edge of it is a small Victorian playhouse that's become a symbol of a childhood loss to many who grew up in Alton. The playhouse was designed by the famous architect Lucas Feifenberger and was built as a birthday present for Lucy from her wealthy grandfather, John E. Hayner. His daughter Florence was Lucy's mother. She was married to William Haskell, the doctor in charge of St. Joseph's Hospital in Alton. The playhouse was an exact replica of the Haskell family home. Tragically, though, Lucy never got to enjoy the playhouse for long. She died from diphtheria when she was only nine and was buried in the family plot at the Alton City Cemetery. The family remained at their home on Henry Street for many years after Lucy died. The Haskell family home later burned and a new house was built next door, but the original playhouse remained. When Florence Haskell died in 1932, she left her home, the playhouse, and the surrounding land of the city to be used as a park. Well, as time has gone by, many have come to believe that the ghostly little girl seen around the Haskell plot is Lucy herself. 
It's been suggested that perhaps she returns visible only to children as she tries to recapture some of the joy and happiness she lost when her life ended at such a young age. Uh, who can say if the story is really true? But if this site is haunted, I hope it really is Lucy who plays here, getting the chance to run and laugh once again. There is one last cemetery from Alton's history that at one time was considered to be the most haunted in the region. It's called Milton Cemetery, and it's still around today. Although it seems hard to believe that this graveyard, which is within stone-throwing range of gas stations and fast food joints, could ever be considered a spooky place. Oh, but it was. In fact, in the late 19th century, it was considered the scariest place in Alton. It attracted newspaper reporters and ghost hunters and became a notorious spot where you could win a bet if you dared to spend the night on the grounds. Now, where did this reputation come from? Well, no one seems to know. The cemetery had once been part of a small village located nearby called Wallace Mills. Two men, John Wallace and Walter Seeley, had built two sawmills there, and a collection of houses had sprung up around them. The village later gained the name Milton, after pioneer John Milton in 1809. Tragedy struck in 1820 when a malaria outbreak devastated the community, nearly wiping out the entire population. But it hung in there and remained in existence until 1849 when it became part of the town of Alton. Today, Milton Road and this cemetery remain as the only reminders of the town that once was. The cemetery was started when the town's namesake, John Milton, was buried there. Somewhere. Someone had left a rock on his grave to mark the spot, but, well, it's disappeared over time. Eventually, the land the cemetery was on was purchased by Z.B. Job, and he allowed anyone to be buried there for a long time. And a lot of people were, and mostly because it was free. Then in 1890, he abruptly deeded the cemetery property to the nearby community of East Alton and left the area without any explanation. Maybe, by then, he was tired of dealing with the ghosts. You see, for about a decade, Milton Cemetery had become what the newspapers called and this is a quote, a first-class ghost sensation. While there's no one alive who still remembers the excitement that surrounded the haunting, I can't help but tell you about the series of bizarre incidents that took place there. Well, it's hard to say when those ghost sightings began at Milton Cemetery, but it apparently wasn't long before the first newspaper article appeared about them on December 15th, 1881. According to the report, the ghosts had lately been seen, and several excursions had been made into the graveyard at night, hoping to catch a glimpse of it. Although skeptics weren't convinced of the spirit's authenticity, several people said they'd been, quote, scared out of a year's growth and stated the spook was no humbug. On the night of December 14th, the article reported a party of eight Alton residents had visited Milton Cemetery looking for the ghosts they'd heard about. They arrived around 10 p.m. and didn't have long to wait before the specter appeared. It looked like a man between six and nine feet tall, wearing a black robe. The group watched it from a distance of about 100 yards and as it walked back and forth for about 15 minutes, covering a distance of about 50 feet. It paced with its head bowed as if preoccupied with something. The intrepid ghost hunters decided not to ask the ghost what it was thinking about. Instead, they snuck out of the graveyard without disturbing it and fled back to Alton. Well, newspaper reporters soon found other witnesses. 
A railroad employee who worked at the Alton Junction between Alton and East Alton had also ventured into the cemetery a few nights earlier. He spotted the black ghost and bravely approached it, hoping to catch hold of its robe and prove that it was flesh and blood. Instead, he claimed that his arm went right through it. Unnerved, he ran from the cemetery and returned to the junction, convinced the creature was something supernatural. Once the news broke, locals began making nightly pilgrimages to the cemetery, hoping for a chance to see the ghost. It was spotted many times, except on nights when the weather was bad. For some reason, the ghost never appeared when it rained. Some students from Upper Alton went out to the cemetery one evening, they claimed, with a peculiar sort of ghost hunting tool, a loaded shotgun. They opened fire on the ghost and claimed to have killed it. As proof, they hung a shredded piece of black fabric on a wire above an Upper Alton street. Well, that turned out to be a prank. But there were enough real sightings to make your skin crawl. A few people tried to pin down the spot where the ghost was appearing, believing it might be traced to a single grave. Rumors began to claim that the apparition was that of a man buried there in 1839, but no one who spread this story could offer any evidence of why this might be. Well, on December 19th, a party of Alton men went to Milton Cemetery by wagon, searching for the ghost they'd heard so much about. They had a stock of liquid refreshments along with them, and although they failed to see the black ghost, some of them were so overcome by spirit of another kind, the kind that comes in a bottle, that they became excited and unruly and created such a disturbance when they got home that one of them was arrested. It was fined $10 and set free. A few days later, an announcement appeared that claimed the ghost sightings had stopped. Whoever or whatever it had been had apparently departed the cemetery. But this announcement turned out to be wrong, and the newspaper actually issued a correction. It was noted that the investigators looking for the creature had reported it missing, or of what a reporter called timid and retiring dispositions. He added that they were fearful of offending the apparition and hadn't had the courage to put much effort into finding it. Well, this retraction sent more ghost hunters scrambling to the cemetery, including a group of men called the, quote, bravest of the brave by some unnamed reporter. As evidence of their courage, the men sat coolly in the graveyard, lighted their pipes, and waited for the ghost to show up. Well, the ghost didn't keep them waiting for long. Just after 10 p.m., one of the men spotted a black figure standing eight feet high, glaring at them with glowing eyes. That fellow gulped and choked out. Boys, there it is. Immediately, the other men got to their feet, pulled out their pistols, and began shooting at the monster. By the way, I don't recommend this on a ghost hunt. Anyway, the bullets passed right through it. And as the apparition began moving toward them on silent feet, the bravest of the brave began to run. They ran in such terror that they missed the entrance gate and fell into a hedge, tearing their clothing and scratching their skin. They escaped the Phantom, though, and decided they'd had enough of ghost hunting. After all these bizarre appearances, more rumors began to spread about the ghost's identity. It was now being claimed the ghost was that of a man who'd been murdered on the railroad near Alton Junction a few years earlier. He'd been carelessly prepared for the grave, and when he was placed in his pine box, the lid had been hammered in place and one of the coffin nails penetrated his arm. Unable to rest under those circumstances, his ghost began appearing in Milton Cemetery. Now, this was a good one, but no one could offer any evidence of this story's authenticity either. 
In late December, with the Christmas holidays approaching, a crowd estimated to be more than 300 people went to Milton Cemetery intent on investigating the situation. They marched there with lanterns and torches in hand, making noise threatening the spirit and using, as the newspaper put it, quote, unseemly disrespectful language in respect to the ghost. Well, not surprisingly, the ghost didn't appear. Well, not at first. It didn't take long for the crowd to get bored and return to Alton in disappointment. By midnight, only a handful of people remained, but they were rewarded with a view of the creature. They saw it march across the same hill where it often appeared, dressed all in black, towering above the gravestones and seemingly deep in thought. Well, soon after that Yuletide encounter, the stories of the Milton Cemetery ghost pretty much came to an end. If there were any other forays into the graveyard at night in search of the black-robed specter, they were never reported, and so no records of any other excursions exist. I know, that's not a great ending to the story. Sometimes, though, hey, that's just the way that it goes. But there is a small postscript to it, one that I have no doubt had a lot to do with the ghost stories about Milton Cemetery that were told back in the 1880s. See, in May of 1909, an East Alton man named William Rampenthal won a bet of $3 from his friend. And what did he have to do to win the bet? He had to spend the night in Milton Cemetery. William and a friend were talking with former Mayor R.E. Douglas in a saloon he owned in East Alton, and the conversation turned to ghost stories. William laughed and declared that he wasn't afraid of any ghosts. So as a challenge, his friend bet him he wouldn't stay alone for the rest of the night in Milton Cemetery. William accepted, and the money from both men was given to Douglas for safekeeping. William's friend, and I'm sure several rummies from the saloon, accompanied William out to the cemetery. He brought some blankets with him, tossed one on the ground, and wrapped himself up in the others. Then he laid down and fell asleep, never waking until about 5.30 in the morning when he had to be shaken awake by his friend so he could go to work. When the newspaper reported, he wasn't hurt by the experience and went to his usual job at the equitable gunpowder plant, where the workers also knew a thing or two about ghosts, especially one that wore a black dress and wandered up and down the road outside the factory before any disasters occurred. As for William, he spent the night in what was once regarded as the most haunted cemetery in Alton. But as the article made sure to say, he didn't see any ghosts. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands. And are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. I think I had a dream last night or two nights ago. I don't know, but having like fever dreams, so they're all weird, um, weird, unusual. Um, that like our pot that we did something with the podcast where maybe we went to like a network or something, but everything kind of changed. And oh, yeah, it was it's weird. It was weird. I was like, that didn't sound like like <laughs> us. <laughs> Deal with other people? No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> that sounds dumb. 
All right. Recording. Ready to go. Oh, we're already recording. Okay, yeah. good. Okay, yeah. cool. All right, good. Sweet. All right. Thanks for returning with us to Alton, Illinois, for a special series of podcasts from American Hauntings. We're taking a trip back in time, sort of, to the first season of the show, which collected some of the most famous stories from one of the most haunted small towns in America. But now we're back in Alton for more. Thanks to a lot of new research and Troy's new edition of Haunted Alton, we've got old stories with updates and new stories that are finally seeing the light of day. And by the way, I'm your co-host, Cody Beck, and with me is my co-host, author, historian, crime buff, and the founder of American Hauntings, Troy Taylor. Hey, how are you? Oh, man. Not, you know, not feeling great, but still yeah, getting things done. Yeah, that's what you done. were saying. Oh, yeah, I had, a, I had a three-day weekend this weekend, and I was thinking, you know, I'm going to get a lot of stuff done. I've got a lot of to-dos and all that. Mm -hmm. No, no. Don't I'll even see. feel like getting off the couch. Yep. Yeah, I yeah. know. I know. Sometimes well, you need and then, that. You know, we got some heat back, and that that is a downer. It's but never it's not good. supposed to last long, at least. So, yeah, yes. I'm kind of over it. I think I'm over summer. I mean, I, I enjoy it at first, but by now it's overstated. It's welcome. It's kind of like what's, much. what's Benjamin Franklin say about guests and fish? They oh. start to both start to smell in three days or something like that. Oh, so I didn't about know that. Summer now. That's, yeah, they're both unwelcome after about three days. So that's pretty yeah, good. So. Yeah, he also said, you know, let's well, get electrocuted by a kite or make some bass do it. Yeah, or whatever and, he did. Yeah, and I'm gonna put a whole bunch of skeletons in my basement so people think I'm a serial killer. You know, stuff like that. He I, did you know, that. No, I don't think he did it on purpose, but they oh. did find a bunch of bodies underneath his house. And that's a whole uh, other story, different yes, podcast. Yes, but yes, uh, I know I should have brought it up. You know, so. yeah, so curious. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. Hey, we're back in Alton. We're talking about some of our our favorite things, like these places. We used to drive by some um, different uh, cemeteries in my Nona, my, my my Italian grandmother. She'd say, you know, hey, you see that place over there? And I was like five, and I was like, yeah. And she's like, people are just dying to get in there. And I was like, <laughs> oh, ah, God, maybe that's so. Where... Your grandma was telling you dad jokes. Yes, in other words, maybe yes. that had something to do with why yeah. I am the way that I am. Yeah, could be. Uh, um, oh. But uh, so I wanted to ask something right off the bat. I know we've talked about this before i know people have brought this up um but there there is a, a i was gonna say grave distinction but there is a distinction between a graveyard and a cemetery correct or well, in, uh, in nomenclature or is it there's a, there is a between a churchyard is the graveyard cemetery and okay. graveyard yeah i you know i i think that there are technical terms but like a churchyard has to be a cemetery that is around a church Right. Um, I don't think a graveyard, I think graveyard and cemetery, I think you're in, I see them as interchangeable. Uh -huh. I could be wrong on that, but um, I, I I've think been known to be wrong. So. I, th I believe that it is the graveyard is within the church boundaries, but I think there's something about words that kind of annoys me, but it's like, if people start using them interchangeably, it's like, okay, you're technically not right. But if so many people start doing it, I'm like, well, what, I know. Am, what am I supposed to say? Yeah, here? I think that's what I've run into. So, <laughs> it just happens. Me, I think I, I probably just do it, so... Oh, well, okay. Well, hey, let's let's talk about some of these fun places that I grew up with and played sure. in and did crazy shit in and it altered in my hometown. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, Alton. So just after World War II, uh, I talked about a cab driver on 7th Street. Yeah. She's a young woman. She's soaked from the rain, wearing a white dress, takes her home. She disappears from the back seat and goes to the door. Oh, she's sure. dead for 10 years. Standard story. Yeah. Standard yeah. story. And so it's is this story is, we all know and love. Is this is a standard resurrection Mary? Yeah. Or is type ish. Yeah. Type ish. Definitely okay. our, our local version. Got but, it. I mean, everybody's got one. Right. You know, right. Well, we've got two. 
as yeah. it turns out. So yes. <laughs> Let's talk about Hop Hollow Road. So I like how you talked about like, hey, don't dismiss all the stories that are too good to be true because a lot of times things get mixed and matched and built yeah, together for from sure. things yeah, that are for sure. True. Um Hop Hollow Road, they build it. It's a good way to get around tolls, but still like load stuff to mm-hmm. river boats. Yeah. Uh, a bunch of Confederate soldiers are buried there, but also a lot of other stuff ha- <laughs> happens there. Uh, December 1852, coroner's call to check on remains found off Hop Hollow Road, probably a prisoner due to the clothing mm-hmm. again again 1863 again in 1993 yeah yeah uh, their stories don't just tend to haunt they t- their story their spirits don't tend to just haunt they tend to hitch um you you, ex- <laughs> you, ex- you explain this to, in the outline and we've talked about this before what would i know of hop hollow road today if anything as far as location wise well it, okay the easiest way to find it for for you if you draw if you drive up state street um there's a couple of ways to do it. Uh, when you get to Johnson's Corners, which mm-hmm. is only going to mean something to people from Alton, right, hang yes. a left there on mm-hmm. Logan mm-hmm. and take that down to Holland and make a right. Um, that will take you down um, past what's now the entrance to Hop Hollow Road. Yes. On your right. Okay. 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 On your okay. left, you'll see a like guard panel that's been put up mm-hmm. because the road itself went that way. It used okay. to go to your left and went all the way down to the river, uh, but that's it's gone. I mean, it's there's still some road there, but you can't drive on it. It's yeah, there's no way to drive on it now, mm-hmm. um, so you can't really get to it. But if you hang a right and take and that takes you to Rosier Street, that's what's left of Hop Hollow Road, and that will take you right up past that burial ground, mm-hmm. uh, the goat pasture that was turned into a burial ground, which is now a Confederate monument. Right, you know, right. Put okay. up by the daughters of the Confederacy, turn of last century. So. And okay, so I I know where a lot of that is now. Now I'm wondering, uh, do you know where it dumped out by the river? If you, if uh, exactly. Yeah. Where Blue Pool is now. No shit. Yeah, that used to be Smelter's Ferry Landing. Uh-huh. That there used to be a ferry across the river there, and they dug into that limestone when they needed fill for the railroad. When the Bluff Line Railroad came along the, mm-hmm. the side of the river. They needed fill for that, so there was a limestone deposit there where that bluff is. Mm-hmm. So they dug out that quarry there, the 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 hole that's there now that's full of water. Uh, they dug that out, and that became the Blue Pool. That's the name it gave because it had a spring in it. Wow! And yeah, so that's where it came out was right there, and that is um, state property now. All, all that whole area right there, it's like a conservancy, like it's a nature T and I thing, right? Yeah. 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 Yes, it is. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, please don't go there. Um, but look, yeah. look, look it up, look it up on Google maps and stuff, because um, I, I remember seeing it, you know, a long time ago, but uh, looking at the map, the overview blue pool was, uh, it looked bigger than I remembered. It's um, not, it's not very maybe, big. Maybe it was it, the map. Probably just the map. Um, I mean, you can still find some maps that are not like super old. I mean, I can't remember exactly when, they shut that off, but I want to say it was still there, at least partially there, like in the 90s. I mean, oh, I don't think it's been I know that, that terribly long yep. ago that the road was still that still ran all the way through. Right. Oh, OK. Uh, but, so it's been more recent than that since they closed it. So is that if I'm driving up the river road and blue pools on my right, is that way it kind of looks a little cl- more clear right before it? Uh-huh. Like, is yeah. that what kind of made yeah. it used I mean, to there be? was a yeah. And that that became like a kind of a lover's lane down there uh-huh. along where the blue pool was. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's all a pretty, you know, an area that's somewhat open there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause that's where the road came through. 
Got it. Got it. And you have a uh, you had a crazy story about uh, the trolley story. You know, we've called it, and I've I've heard it a lot. But uh, have you uh, like have have you had anything else like that happen with? No, not on half of the road. Um, I mean, I've had other people tell me about things that you know they have experienced. I mean, you know, because the story was around for a long time about people claiming that they were you know seeing people hitching rides on the road. I mean, I never met. I've never met anyone who told me that they actually picked someone up right that's why i always just sort of told it as a vanishing hitchhiker story because mm-hmm. it's always second and third hand but it's a good story i mean it's, it's an a great story story you know uh but uh, yeah i used to hear it quite a bit and wow. now i don't you know i haven't heard it lately but i know a lot of people drive up there now just you know because they've heard the stories or- yeah yeah, next time I'm an alt, and I'll probably uh, putz around there a <laughs> yeah, little bit and yeah. see see what's still open and legal to go on. And yeah, check mm-hmm. that all out. Um, okay, let's move on to um, Hunterstown and Alton City Cemetery. So, if I guess if anybody came in for the tour or, or knows maybe anything about Alton, aside from like Fast Eddie's, you might know the cemetery or seen because you can see the obelisk, <laughs> or yes, the, the yeah. pillar, yes. uh, for Elijah Lovejoy on the other side of fast yeah, eddies right right yeah <laughs> it's exactly. like up on the hill exactly yeah. yeah and if i i would yeah if you, i imagine if you come into the town and you don't know too much about it and you're kind of turning off the bridge you might look up and be like what the yeah hell you'll is see it because it's that? sitting on a pretty high hill there and yes it's a, it's a very tall monument it is yes and so you said that this might be the third oldest cemetery in illinois but we're not sure <laughs> i don't know it just seems That's oldest. the problem yeah. there's just a lot of confusion about when it started and how it started and mm-hmm. i don't know it's old Let's and also, put it that way it's and also old, like so. we even we wouldn't sink too much time into figuring out like oh can we brag about being the third yeah. old like yeah who, right, who cares? right but we do know that it's old um <laughs> yeah. and if you go there you can tell that it's old yeah uh a lot of famous people that are buried there and um well famous in alton Famous in Alton. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Lovejoy's uh, is probably the only person buried there that anyone outside of Alton has ever heard of. Yes. But if yeah. you're from Alton, you would know some of the people that sure. mentioned earlier. Sure. And they're actually, and I don't remember their names. There are a couple of people who died on the Lusitania right before World War One started. Wow. In that there's a plaque on their grave. Wow. Kind of, I thought it was kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've been there. I, I, you know, I, I grew up, uh, seven maybe 75 cent uh, seven tenths of a mile like way from yeah, the yeah. back entrance um mm-hmm. and then i've been through there oh just dozens of times sure. um, at, in the daytime at night um yeah. you know playing around with friends taking people through little like tours just kind of you know being up to mischief and all that nothing disrespectful but looking uh, at the empty crypts on the back side of the hill oh oh yeah yeah just yeah. trying to pop up see what, what mm-hmm. can we see and what can we how can we scare our friends yeah, and, yeah you know hide and seek <laughs> and crazy stuff there and it's it's that's it's, it's a pretty kind of vast it is area it's, it's good sized yeah it keeps and it's, going you know it's like alton is there's a lot of ups and downs and hills and valleys through the whole thing i mean there's and a lot of trees and it's i mean it's a nice cemetery but it's certainly not flat no um, and it's pretty big and then once you get out on the far side where the you know the national cemetery is that's mm-hmm. a big wide open space too yes <gasps> excuse me oh god take that out i just you're good. God, I thought I was going to get the start with the hiccups there. Right. Um, <laughs> so yeah, like you said, it's it's it is very big um, and it's very hilly and stuff. And can you can you tell me a little bit about more where where I grew up because I would always see the backside with all the white 
headstones um, coming down the hill. I believe that is that the, that's the national. Oh, that's the national part. cemetery. Yeah, that's that's there. You'll find a lot of uh, Union soldiers were buried there during the Civil War. I mean, now veterans can be buried there too. I mean, from any war, but it got started because of uh, soldiers and guards from mm-hmm. the penitentiary. Uh, and a lot of them died during that smallpox epidemic that we talked about um, in earlier episodes. A lot of them died from that. Some of them just died from other things. But mm-hmm. uh, it did become a national cemetery. I mean, it's not as big as most, sure. you know, and it's just one section of the Alton City Cemetery. But, uh, yeah, it's it's an interesting spot. I mean, it's pretty standard as far as national cemeteries go. They're identical tombstones with a nice size you know, grid. With those, yeah, with the white stones, I guess, for, yeah. the, for that part of it. Yes. At least, yeah. Right? Yeah. You really notice and more organized. It looks like a little more organized than the rest of the cemetery. Yes. Because, the, the you know, the, it's been there for so long and everything up on top of the hill is almost looks random everywhere. Yeah. There doesn't seem to be uh, I mean, you'll see some rows, but not not they don't go very far. It'll be a row and then a row and then there's scattered tombstones. everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, it's very odd. It's just it's been around for a long time, you know. Yeah. So it's yeah, I didn't not know, as well like, laid out as some. I've I seen. didn't know like how the planning with that stuff goes. It was just like we're digging right here, and it sucks. We're gonna yeah, go usually no, here. usually like, there's you know, um, but I mean, in newer cemeteries, that everything was very organized and and certain plots. But I think that probably when that thing got started, um, it was a little more random than that, and mm-hmm. we tried to bring some order to it. And so some parts of it are orderly, and some aren't. Yeah. And you'll find like if you, you know, I kind of I've gone wandering off sometimes trying to be very respectful of not walking on who knows what I'm walking on. But hard to do. um, But you'll see some random stones in like kind of corners or right by a fence Mm. or like kind of out in the middle of nowhere. And it's just very makes you think there's probably a lot of graves that are not marked. Of course. Of course. Um, Because, you know, there were always the stories. I mean, uh, there were soldiers and things that were buried out there ever. I mean, before they set up the national cemetery area so they would move the bodies. But I mean, you know, if records aren't meticulous, it's going to happen. They're going to be left behind. And mm-hmm. I mentioned that, you know, the strangers ground where they were burying and that may just be a, a legend. I have no idea. I mean, it's, I've come across it a couple of times, but nobody seems to know exactly where it was. So it's mm-hmm. just not a good sign, you know, as far as you know, knowing where there are bodies that are buried that, you know, are supposed to be, you know, designated. Now we don't know where they are. So. Yeah. Well, even talking about, you know, people, th- some of these people uh, with the hop hollow stuff were supposed to take some bodies and bury them and they didn't do that. Can you imagine how many people didn't dig up bodies and yeah. move them? Like, right. you know, sure. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that happened everywhere, everywhere there's ever been a cemetery moved. Yeah. Right. That's happened. Things, you know, get slipped through the cracks and get left behind mm. literally. Yeah. Uh, Ghosts sometimes come out, uh, or at least one time for for a reenactment, you said. Well, that's the story. The guy seems to make the most sense. Yeah. 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 I mean, it does kind of make sense. um, But and he's not the only one. That was just the first time I'd heard that story. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've heard it since then from other people, but that was the first time I'd ever heard it. Wow. Yeah. That, like I said, that one seems to make a lot of sense for me. Yeah. Just be like, wait, uh, hold on a second. What, what's yeah, going, what's on going on here? Yeah. 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 We're, we're still fighting. Have I just yeah. been sleeping? Um, I'll, I'll just go on the record and say I, I've never seen anything strange out there. Um, well, stranger than, you know, normal. Well, but, yeah. Right. Uh, but, you know, there's a little girl ghost that seems to only be seen by children, uh, kind of right by part of the main entrance. And, you, mm-hmm. said, you know, people have said, you know, speculate it could be um, Lucy. And uh, a lot of that would, would make sense. Um, I've never been there with any children. 
I don't no, plan, I haven't don't either, plan but, to. Yeah, um, that's how, yeah, no, me either. But that's how I heard about it first. Yeah. You know, and yeah. um, I mean, it, and it kind of makes sense based on where people would say they saw her. Right. You know, it, it's like, well, I mean, you know. It's kind of right behind I mean, the whisper wall, right? Like yeah, it is. Images. It's right there. Just like if you're walking in to the main entrance and it's over to your left on the other side of the wall. Over mm-hmm. Uh, that's the plot and it's got a it's got a obelisk in it with their name on it and then you have to look around for all the individual graves like for Harriet and everybody that's there um but yeah it's um you know so I mean it makes sense based on where it is mm-hmm. I mean I can't guarantee that's obviously we don't know if that's sure. what it is for sure uh but it's an interesting it's a, it, it's an interesting story and Absolutely. it's part of the lore of the cemetery so that's you know how I present it and that's how I leave it so yeah. Did, did I tell you, did I ever tell you that my, my Eagle Scout project was going to a cemetery and we repaired a lot of like, where they have like the out, the like cement outline of oh, like yeah, the yeah. coffin and we repaired a lot of those and repainted oh, really? them. And yeah, it was, cool. it was, it was, I felt like this is morbid. So I like it and yeah. we're, we're doing something nice and it's like, yeah, it well, different. I'm doing something useful. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like so that, that. that was that was the whole thing we did. I was 13, so that explains a lot. <laughs> um, the last place, let's talk about Milton Cemetery. You said at one point <laughs> it was pretty much the scariest place in Alton. At apparently, yeah, apparently so. I mean, that's yeah, what they, that's what they say. That's what so, they say. So, uh, yeah, once a part of a small village <laughs> called uh, Wallace called Wallace Mills, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, a community um, um, in sawmills built by John Wallace and Walter Seeley. Uh, eventually, malaria wipes out a lot of people there. The land is eventually bought by Z. B. Job in 1890, who decides at some time he's just like, nah, <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he yeah, just nah, turns nah. it over to East Alton and leaves. You yeah, know, <laughs> okay, that's enough. So. What What did he mean when he said uh, maybe he was tired of the first class ghost sensations? Like, well, that's what the newspaper called it. Okay, is I have just... headlines. I have newspaper headlines that call it a first class ghost sensation. I Milton love Cemetery, it. and you know, for people who are not from Alton, I I can't even begin to describe to you how mundane, innocuous, and just utterly disinteresting Milton Cemetery is. Yeah, it's not. When you drive by there, there's nothing there. It's a hill. Yeah. It is a hill on the side of the road with probably, I don't even know. I couldn't even guess. 50 graves in it? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe yeah. a, maybe more than that. I'm like a handful of trees. I mean, there's nothing spooky about it at all. So all I can figure is that it must have been a lot spookier in the 1880s. Mm-hmm. That's what yeah. I'm thinking. Yeah. No, is I, that, you know, there must have been a lot more trees. Let's say the road between Alton and East Alton back then was, you know, a dirt road through the mm-hmm. woods. I don't know. It had to have been scarier than it is now because there's nothing even remotely scary about this cemetery. And I, I tell you, yeah, going around that area even now, like, no, it's just more spooky in the actual parts of like milton and stuff compared to this the cemetery there but uh but something you you've brought up and we've talked about this a lot but like so much of this stuff ends up in the newspapers like all these fun stories about this stuff this went on yeah there's like a week week's worth of newspaper stories every day about ghost hunting groups groups of people going out to the cemetery to wait for the ghost to show up and according to everyone who went they all saw it. They would all see this ghost show up and walk around on the hill. And, and some would shoot at him. Yeah. And, I mean, it was just something every night. And it's like, how, how does 
how does this even happen? Where do these stories come from? It's just, it's insane. You know, the whole thing is just nuts. I don't yeah. know. I mean, yeah, thinking that some of the stuff would be in the newspaper kind of baffles me, but then I think about some of the other things that are in newspapers right. and I'm like, okay, right. but, but this is, it's really fun that this just used to be a, a common kind of news thing. Be like, yeah. hey, people yeah. are seeing ghosts. Ghost stories, man. So, yeah. I mean, and, and it's not just, I know you think, oh, it's just Alton, you know, no, no, no. It's a common Louis thing. The same thing. I've had so many stories when I updated Haunted St. Louis a few years ago. I dug up so many new stories for that because it was I kept finding all these newspaper stories. It was it was amazing. Wow. Just the crazy, stupid stuff, you know, and there's some of the stories you read them and you go, what? <laughs> it don't even make sense, you know? Yeah. Like this, this does not make sense. This is a story that I've never been able to wrap my head around. Since I ran across it, I, I, a buddy of mine sent it to me a few years ago, and I'm like, what the, what? In Milton Cemetery, that little <laughs> spot? Yeah. And so the more I dug into it, the crazier it got. Yeah, but oh, I mean, it's oh, it, this, this kind of stuff, it's worth, I think it's worth talking about simply because it was in the newspapers. Yeah. I'm not saying yeah. it's credible, but like it, it was a thing, you know? I like, know. Yeah, well, in so many, I mean, when we're talking dozens and dozens of people talking about seeing this stuff, it, it's not like just some one random guy that decides to write a newspaper story about it. These were dozens of people who were seeing this and going home in a fright. And I'm sure they were just scaring themselves silly yeah, it was a for the most hysteria. part. But what in the world were they seeing in the first place? You know what I mean? And yeah. I, but I mean- you know, it could have just been a hoax, but whatever. People were convinced it was a ghost. Yeah. So yeah, and I like I love a good prank as much as anybody. But if I'm getting shot at, I'm gonna be like, never mind. <laughs> yeah. Done. No, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not gonna put on my black robe and you know pretend like I'm nine feet tall or whatever. You know. But yeah, man, well, I love that they said it was between six and nine feet tall. Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, I am six. Feet that's tall. A, yeah, that's <laughs> a big difference. Yeah, I know. I thought of that too. Yes. So that's the difference between me and Shaq. You know, yeah, so right? yeah, I don't see that. It's and it sounds like when I was reading this, I was like, so this sounds even more like a like cryptid kind of story or something, you know, <laughs> I know. but I who which I don't even know when that term came about or whatever, and it doesn't matter, but um <laughs> yeah, but, uh, eventually uh, you said one guy though, uh William uh Rampethal wins three bucks by staying in the night <laughs> in the cemetery. Spends the night in the cemetery. I and I love that story. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I mean when you gotta figure this is like 10 years later, 10, no, 15 years later, but yeah. I'm sure people were still talking about it. You know, I'm sure people still thought it was a spooky spot and it probably was still, you know, I, I'm sure all of that stuff, the way it's cleared now has been a more recent thing. Mm -hmm. I'm sure at one time it was not that clear, you know, there had to have been woods and stuff. There, yeah. So. Yeah. But yeah. I, he just decides to go out and, you know, crash in the cemetery they had to come wake him up the next morning and one is three dollars so i mean you got three dollars on the line like i'd probably mess with the guy or something trying to get him to run you know come on yeah yeah i, I try to get him He's to run out money. of there yeah to scare him um oh man well that's awesome uh yeah i would suggest if people are you know if you're ever in alton um i would say go to uh the alton city cemetery if you're, yeah, if you're for looking sure. for one to check out but um yeah. They're they're all wander around there for a while. It's yeah. a, it's a cool cemetery. It really is. Yeah, it really is. Um, you can skip Milton. So it's, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, don't don't bother. Yeah. And if you if even if you ask people, Alton, like, where do I go for Milton Cemetery? Most people are like, I don't. No like, idea. Yeah. They didn't realize that it, they've passed it. You know, going that way a hundred times, but uh, yeah. they don't even notice it. So. 
Yeah, well, man, that's all I got for this uh, uh, what penultimate episode of yes, the yes, Alton only one season. more left. We have one more episode, so uh, keep an eye out for that. Be coming to you in two weeks. If you want something sooner than that, um, you could also be a Patreon subscriber, or you can uh, get our regular episodes too. But yep. uh, you can be a Patreon subscriber and uh, check out our other podcast. Which right now we are in the middle of season three of that other podcast which is called Dead Men Do Tell Tales. And the new show that we've been doing is Sinister, which is the story of H.H. Holmes. And uh, you can check that out at patreon.com slash American Hauntings. Uh, you can also uh, use the discount code podcast if you're looking for books or events or whatever at AmericanHauntings.net or clothing from Cody's shirt store, which is AmericanHauntingsClothing.com. Just use the word podcast at checkout and you get 10% off everything. So I think that's it, man. That's it. Awesome. Okay. Well, cemeteries. Um, this episode of the American <laughs> Hauntings podcast was written by Troy Taylor. It is produced and edited by me, Cody Beck. We hope you've enjoyed this return to Alton podcast and will be with us as we present 10 episodes. Uh, or one, just one more. One more yeah. um, episodes of the history, hauntings, legends, and lore from one of the most haunted small towns in America. Thanks for listening. We couldn't and definitely wouldn't do it without you. So until next time, goodbye. So long. See you later. See you later. Oh, boy. Cemeteries, man. Yeah.